Welcome back to the Holy Unqualified Podcast, where my co-host Joe and I talk about current events from a Christian worldview. We invite you to listen, we want you to question, and we hope you enjoy the conversation today. This is the exciting third part in a three-part series that we've shared with Rick Osborne. If you're just joining us, Take a moment to go back and listen to the previous two episodes that we've shared with him. If you're able to listen to this before September 7th, check out the links in the description for some courses that Rick is teaching you don't want to miss. All right. Welcome back to the Holy Unqualified Podcast. I feel like we've just scratched the surface. We have been joined by author Rick Osborne, and he has been gracious enough to join us again today. And I feel like, like I said, we're just scratching the surface. Please share this with your friends and family. This is something you're not going to want to miss. What do you think, Shane? Oh, I, 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 after the first, the first one, you know, I was, I was in hook, line and sinker with Rick. And after the second one and how just talking about God's love and explaining the journey that he had during a a 10 year period of time there where Jesus was just teaching him personally, immersing him in the scripture, one, three, six, 12, 16 hours a day sometimes, and all of the things he learned. And while we, like you said, we scratched the surface on what that was, but now I want to get into the meat of it. I want to find out a little bit more deeply, what exactly did Rick learn during that period of time? And what can he share with us from that period of time that was so transformative for him? Absolutely. Well, here we go. Rick, welcome to the room. Glad you could come back with us. You know what? It's always a joy being with you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you inviting for inviting me back. It's a joy and an honor. Rick, I kind of said it there in the intro, but I'm very, very interested in some more of the details of what you feel like you learned during your time of intense study over that decade, are there things that you learned that are sort of maybe say just applicable to you? Or are there things that you learned that everyone can benefit from, that everyone can apply to their daily lives? You know, what did you take away from that? Well, I learned so much in so many areas. And, you know, for anyone nervous about the experience I went through, one of the main things I learned, and the Lord taught me this again and again, And you need to hear this. He did not teach me anything that was not in his word. And he didn't show it to me clearly in his word. Matter of fact, he spent a lot of time and I'd studied hermeneutics before the, you know, the, 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 how to study your Bible, but he took me way beyond that showing scripture from scripture, how to interpret scripture, how scripture interprets scripture, like even showing me how when he quoted the Old Testament, when Paul did, the Holy Spirit was actually showing us how to interpret the Old Testament. So everything that I got taught is rock solid. And everybody I teach, I say, you do not take anything I teach you as, well, Rick said, because he spent 10 years, never mind that. No, we're all responsible to get into God's word and like the noble Bereans to check it out for ourselves and say, does the word of God truly say that? So I don't teach any, he didn't teach me anything that he couldn't show me in the word. And I don't teach anybody unless I show it to you in the word of God. So that's, that's the foundation. But let me back up a little bit. One of the things that 
being a brand new Christian, I got sort of dumped into church right from the party world after a dramatic change. And, and I really wanted to know everything about God. And I wanted, like we talked about, I wanted to know God and I wanted to know what difference it made. I wanted to know everything about life and how it worked from God's perspective. And what I saw was an experience, and I think this must have been the Spirit of God pointing this out to me, was like, for instance, I went and got involved in this young adults group and teen group. You know, we would all sing this song, I love you with the love of the Lord. And while we were singing this song in church, all the group, this group would sit together and we would all smile at each other and give each other big hugs and shake hands and everybody to everybody. It was the time to greet, you know, each other at the church. But being part of the group, I realized that many of the many of these young people, young adults and people my age and older, there was cliques just like there was out in the world. There was people that disliked each other. There was people not talking to one another. And all of a sudden, it's like when the song came on, everybody was smiling and hugging each other. <laughs> Here I am, a brand new Christian. It made no sense. If the Bible says that we're supposed to be different and that we have God's love in us, it should have brought in our heart. Shouldn't we be doing something different? I didn't know how to get there, but it didn't make sense to me. And my Christianity became a you know, God, if this is going to work, I know you're real. You revealed yourself to me. I got born again dramatically. I, so I know your word is true, but what it teaches has to work. And I became that person who just dug down. And I recently wrote a book called Love's Transformation, which actually teaches what the word of God says about God's love and how we can, under the new covenant, live in and from his love and actually truly, really love. So for me, it had to be about if it's real, it works. And here's what happened now. That's the backstory. When I went into the 10 years, Shane, thank you for asking. And I'm trying to keep this short. Yeah, so no, much. no, no. You take your time. I want it. I want it. I want as much as you can share. Okay. I'm sitting here with popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want some popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing is that the Lord always taught me from the Bible, but everything he taught me in 10 years, and we're talking a lot, everything had a real and personal application. He never taught me anything once that was just for the sake of knowing. It was always for the sake of growing. Mm. It was always for the sake of application. I am not the same. Out of that 10 years, I dramatically changed. I was not the same person I was going into that 10 years that I was when I came out because his presence and his word is meant to transform us, not just inform us. It's meant to show us how to live life and to see these things that it teaches really happen. So it's like my life now, for instance, in the area of love, it's like when he taught me really taught me what he meant and what how we share in the divine nature, which what it means to have his love shed abroad in, in our heart. I wrote it in Love's Transformation. It transformed me. It All of a sudden, I'm not gritting my teeth anymore trying to love my wife or love people or manage my anger or manage the way I really feel and just be, like I said, <laughs> back to that story. <laughs> I, I remember as a young Christian seeing this 
and then singing along with everybody as they were hugging and quietly under my breath, instead of singing, I love you with the love of the Lord and just stopping there, I'd sing the second line, but I changed it. I love you with the love of the Lord, but I really want to hit you with a long wooden board. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's what was being exampled to me, right? And so now it's like transformed so that I know how to abide in Christ and abide in his love and really, truly sense, know, and experience and live in his love, but also from his love and being able to share his love with others. That one thing, I would spend that 10 years for that one thing, the joy and the peace and the relationship building that is in my life every day because of that one thing I learned. So that's what I wanted to say. I learned so much, but in everything, it was about transformation. It was about me being changed into his image and learning to grow up to be like Christ. Ah. Now, I get so many, so many questions I want to ask because I grew up in a, let's say, a similar experience. And I don't want to overgeneralize, but there was a lot of that everybody loves each other Sunday morning, but nobody knows each other Friday night type of element. And I think the reason for so much of that was that it was very difficult for the people who who let's say didn't really live out the faith, I think it was because they weren't experiencing the faith. They didn't feel their lives had been transformed by what they believed. So if you have a a, a Christian like that, someone seeking like that, where do you start them, Rick? How do you get that person to feel something or experience something concrete? Where do you guide them? And what should they maybe anticipate would happen? Well, I need to back up in the conversation a little bit to one of the first things the Lord taught me, man, I I was, he was just, it was just, he was just starting to teach me. So some of the things he was teaching me, I was kind of like, I've never heard that before. Am I allowed to believe that? (laughs) Here's Jesus. Here's Jesus teaching me directly. (laughs) Showing me in the word, but my religious head was having trouble with some of this stuff. But the first thing is that the Bible says that, God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. And so in teaching me how to get the word interpret itself, I had read all kinds of things because I'd been studying the word for years and writing for years about, you know, well, what's image, what's likeness, all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, God doesn't have two arms and two legs and this kind of argument about it. And it was simply the Lord taking me to the New Testament and showing me that the Bible clearly says in Philippians that Jesus came and took on the likeness of men. And then in Romans 8, 29, it says that we're all predestined, every Christian predestined to be conformed to the image of his dear son. So it said he came in the likeness. And then in Colossians, it says that, and in Hebrews, it says that he was the exact image of the invisible God. He came in his image. So Jesus came in our likeness, was and demonstrated God's image. And then Romans 8, 29 says that we're all predestined to be conformed to the image of his dear son. When were we predestined to be conformed to the image of his dear son? When God said and foreknew everything that was going to happen, the Bible says five different times clearly that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the earth. In other words, before God said, let there be light, he knew Jesus had to come. And so when he said, let us make man in our image and likeness, he's preaching the gospel. He was saying, I'm going to send my son 
in their likeness so that they can be made in my image. That's when we were predestined. And he saw each one of us, the Bible teaches, in that moment. So then it's just like people said to me, well, Rick, predestined to be conformed to his image. Surely that's talking about, you know, after when we're in heaven or the next life or what. No, we read uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And it says that as we behold him, behold Jesus, behold his glory, that we're being transformed into the same image from one level of glory to another. The whole Bible, when you understand this foundation, the whole New Testament is about transformation, the renewing of our mind, the putting off the old and putting on the new, the putting on Christ, the growing up into Christ. All of these things are all parts and pieces of us being transformed into his image. So what he taught me, once you get that foundation, what he started to teach me was how, what the process is, and how we're transformed into his image. If you look at Ephesians 4, verses 20 to 24, Paul actually outlines the process, how we're transformed into the image of our creator, how we put off the old and we put on the new, the new creation, how the renewing of the mind fits in. It's all about transformation into his image. So here's the thing, and this is cool. Are you guys still with me? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've got some popcorn now, too. (laughs) And some some milk duds. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, I'll I'll wrap up with this. But the thing is, is that God used the discipleship with the 12 disciples as a metaphor. Because in Jewish discipleship, the idea was for them to spend 24-7 with the master. And back then... They, they, they would actually watch the way the master ate and walked. They would take, you know, they would memorize everything that he taught. And then eventually one of them would be chosen as the one or a couple of them would be chosen as the one that would take the master's place because he was exactly like the master taught, exactly like the master did. So there was a picture there in Jewish discipleship that the father was using because they didn't understand. They didn't know when he left. They all ran every every direction. It wasn't until they the Holy Spirit came in them and they were born again that they started to understand. But here's what happens. Jesus, and this is what discipleship pictured, Jesus comes into us through the Holy Spirit. He is our teacher. Jesus said, call no one else Messiah, call no one else teacher, capital T teacher, because you have one teacher. So he was telling the disciples, you're not going to take my place. And that's why, by the way, you always probably wondered, why are they arguing about who's the greatest? Because they're arguing about who was going to take his place. Jesus, Jesus said, no one's taken my place. You'll only have one teacher. So now, so I'm trying to sum this up. Now this is so cool. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus, our teacher, our master, is with us 24-7. And the goal is for us to become exactly like him. He changed places, the great exchange. He took our place in his death and in his life so that he could give us his place, so that we could be transformed into his image. So when you get that foundation, now everything that you learn from the word of God starts to make sense because it's all transformative. It's all about changing you from the inside out. And he does it by his grace. Now this, the transformative process. That I caught you with a mouthful of popcorn, didn't I? 
<laughs> two, two actually, if you'd see me. Um, so we, this, the transformative process, though. I mean, is it? And I don't want to say it's simple, but is it really just a matter of looking at your scripture and saying everything I read here, everything I pray upon, this is all designed with one purpose, which is to make me more Christ-like. That's where we start. It's as simple as that. That's what, that's what, when Jesus said, go and make disciples, that's what he was talking about. He was talking about their understanding in the current time of what being a disciple was. Go and make them disciples of mine so that they know how to learn from me. They know how to walk with me. They know how to have a very real face-to-face relationship with me, and they become like me, transformed by me. That's what he was saying. Go make disciples. They didn't understand the ramifications of it until after his resurrection. And when we really get this, all of a sudden, the word of God and everything it teaches and everything it commands, have you ever noticed you know, we're set free. We're no longer under the law. But you ever notice that the stuff that it says that we're supposed to do, Jesus taught and Paul taught, is even bigger and harder to do in the new covenant than in the old? It's because his spirit is now in us and Jesus is teaching us and taking us there and transforming us. And what I was just talking about, about his love, about anything that his word promises or requires Because his spirit is back in us, because it's by grace, he's the one who transforms us so that everything in the word of God that you couldn't and didn't experience because you didn't understand this, that you didn't understand the practicality of it, you can now experience it on a daily basis. Like I have a face-to-face relationship with God where he speaks to me clearly and obviously, and I experience his love and reflect that love to others. All of the other promises of God, all of the other commands of God, I'm experiencing because I know that Jesus, what Jesus died for, it wasn't just to give me a ticket to heaven. It was to give me everything that he represented, to give me his position as a son and or daughter, including the women that are listening, daughter of God, and to do it by grace. He didn't just die to give me a ticket to heaven. He died to be my guarantor so that I could actually experience everything that the word of God teaches. So going back and kind of finishing the loop, he never once taught me anything from the word of God that he didn't then guide me into and have me walk in and experience. And that is what Christians are crying out for. Can I experience God? Can I experience his love? Can I experience healing? Can I experience these different things? The answer is yes, but you do it by understanding his word and how it works and starting to be transformed into his image. And every day that I live, I experience him more and more and more deeply. I feel like this has been missing from the church for so long. I've spent so much time reading the Bible, and these truths have been right there in front of me. And I've had glimpses. I've had moments where I felt like I was being taught by Jesus. And I felt like I was having a face-to-face conversation with God just in reading his word. But it seems like this is missing from church. How would you go about, I mean, what would you recommend? Is there some place to direct people so that they can have access to this? Because the truths are right there, but it seems it's hidden somehow. Well, 
of course, I would direct you to the word. <laughs> I would direct you to Jesus himself. I would, you know, I'm a small T teacher. I am not the big T teacher. My whole, my whole, and God's made this clear to me. My job is to work myself out of a job. <laughs> and that with everybody is to so connect somebody. So showing somebody how to walk with him and know him and talk with him face to face and learn from him and how to learn and understand his word and to live it that by the time they're done with me, they're done with me because they're walking with him and learning from him the same way he taught me. That's what he told me to do. Now I've shown you how to do this. Now turn around and do it for all of those in the body of Christ. And that's what I'm doing now. Ever since he's released me 10 years later to the date, <laughs> I didn't even realize I'd, I'd lost track of the days and the years, stuff like that. I knew it was somewhere over seven because at one point I thought, God loves the number three. Maybe I'm doing this for three years. <laughs> we loves the number seven. Maybe I'm doing this for seven years. After that, I stopped counting. I just went, okay, Lord, we're doing this until you say stop. <laughs> it was 10 years to the date? To the, when he supernaturally gave my wife a dream and, and just caused a, a convergence of events and his voice and everything like that that happened on this day, and he released. I was released. I went back and looked at my journal, and it was to the day ten years. Wow. I don't want to get too personal if this is too personal, but when you say that Jesus speaks to you, I mean, what is? Can you give me some sense of of what that is like? You know, how does that how does that happen? Because I will say that I've had events where I felt like it was clearly that the spirit was upon it, but I can't say I've ever had a moment where I felt like I was having a direct conversation of like, do this, Shane, take care of this in this manner. Okay. That's a big question. <laughs> well, I like big, I like big questions, Rick. <laughs> well, he, you, got your, he, you got your popcorn, Joe? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> What's the title of this podcast? Popcorn and milk. Popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways. So the thing is, is that John 10 promises us that his sheep, Jesus said himself, that his sheep would. And if you look at all the Greek words, it's basically his sheep would hear, know, understand and follow his voice. He said, and this is mind-boggling, in John chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, he said, my sheep will know me and be known by me in the same way that I know the Father and am known by the Father. In other words, he said, he just said, that his sheep would have the same relationship with him and through him with the Father that he had with God when he walked the earth. That means Jesus very clearly heard the Father, but he was one spirit. He had the Spirit of God in him. And we are the same way. We have the Spirit of God. And the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that we're one spirit with God. That right there, you can just meditate on that for a couple of days and let it go deeper. So he talks to us in a lot of different ways. In a knowing, you just know. He talks to us where he walks with us and he talks like you exactly like you were describing where I hear him talking to me and he directs me. Other times I just know because I'm so used to walking with him what he's showing me to do and what's coming up next. Sometimes he gives me dreams like that on that 10 days to the date. He gave my wife a dream. 
And that dream came to, to pass in detail in the following months. So there's a lot of different ways that God speaks because God is the author of communication. <laughs> he built many different ways to communicate and he does as we trust him. But the thing is, is that we have to stop thinking that God speaks to us because we're somebody special, that we earned it, or because we got it right. We need to start hearing his voice and knowing it's true because he promised it and it's by grace through faith. And every single one of us can hear him and walk with him closely and clearly beyond what you can imagine or think. But we have to stop trying to earn it or stop thinking that we can't have it because we're not there yet. We're not holy enough. It doesn't have to do with what you've done. It has to do with what he did for you. And when you get that, it changes everything. And that's that's what I'm teaching people now. I'm teaching people how to be transformed into his image, how to walk with him, how to be, how to walk in all of these things and actually experience, know him, know God, and be transformed by him and experience everything that is worth the Bible promises us that we'll experience. So when you say you teach people, how do you do that, Rick? Is it do you just do one-on-one mentoring or, or what is what does that look like for folks? Well, I, I really enjoy this. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people hear about me and have me on their podcast, wonderful people like you guys. <laughs> and I get to do, you know, things like this and television shows and radio and all that kind of stuff, which is wonderful. But the main thing that God has me do, because when Jesus took me aside, he taught me intentionally and sequentially. In other words, he laid the foundations before I could go to the next level. He had me understand things about what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and transformed into his image before he started laying things on top of that. So when he released me, he showed me that he wanted me to start something called Transform You and uh, a, a course called Kingdom 40. And I actually take people and in the process of taking a large group of people through that course, which isn't just random messages that you, you know, think, oh, that was a good message. This is sequential and intentional. So it takes you from the foundations and in four different intensives takes you to the place where you are transformed into his image. And the first group of people that are going through it, we've got everything from new believers to people who have been, been um, you know, that are evangelists and pastors and stuff like that. I've been saved for decades. And these people, every single person is being transformed and cannot believe the changes that are happening in their life. The constant comment we get is, is where's this been? How come I haven't been able to experience this? I've cried out to God and not seen how, and here it is right in the word of God. Mm. So it's working and it's made to see the joy and the transformation that's happening in other people's lives has made the 10 years <laughs> in a shack in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> completely and absolutely worth it. So that's the major thing we do, transform you. Um, okay. And that's where, because I can do this, but this is, you know, this is me sharing some of this stuff. No matter how much I do this sort of ad hoc, um, you're going to have more questions. Yeah, for sure. So coming in <laughs> to transform you is what builds it, right? Was what, you know, you go through and you build it. So um, that's the main thing that God has called me to do. And that's, that's what I'm very, very busy doing right now. Rick, when I was first introduced to you, I was given a link to a, I believe, five, possibly six-day course called the Face-to-Face Challenge. 
Is that something different than the transform you that you're explaining, or is that part of it? That is a um, what I also do is is smaller, you know, webinars or challenges that you know, sort of more bite sized that people can get into and start to experience uh, what the Word of God says in a certain area, and then you know they obviously want to have more and can see that this stuff is changing. Uh, they can see it in the word of God. They can see it change their life and change their relationship with God. So then, of course, from there, they want more. And and that's sort of a, a way that God's led me to do it, to um, to help people experience what's going on. So with Get Face to Face with God, that was me going through six days, couple hours a day, and actually teaching what the word of God says about our very, very real relationship with God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, showing people what the, there's right there in front of our noses all, all along, like John 10, 14, and 15, how we can have that same relationship with God that Jesus had, you know, and then teaching people how to actually start walking in it. And everyone who's gone through that as they've, they've increased their, their relationship with God and the understanding, the Bible tells us that the knowledge of Jesus Christ leads us on or causes us to grow. So when people come into that, their relationship with God is immediately elevated because they see what the word of God teaches and the spirit of God starts moving them into it. So that is something that that we've had thousands of people (laughs) register for. And just from the people we've heard from, hundreds and hundreds of people have had their life changed just from that six-day experience. So that's something. I'm sorry. I hope I'm not jumping the gun, but I know you had mentioned to me that you also have something special coming up in September. Um, it's called a reset. Can you explain that to me? And that's the same sort of thing. Is and, and God put this on my heart that there's a lot of people out there, and probably a lot of your listeners who who have things going on in their life. I mean, there's some tough things happening in the world, and have been for years now. And some people may be feeling out of sync with their relationship with God and don't know how to go deeper. Some people having troubles in their marriage or in their family or or in their health or whatever, and they're crying out to God for a reset, a change. My life needs to change. You need to intervene. I need breakthrough, whatever you want to call it. And they're not seeing it. And what I learned in this in the years that where the Lord taught me is that. Sometimes we're crying out to him with the way that we understand, with the way we think prayer should work, with the way that, uh, with who we think we are and where we're at and what that means. And when I was taught and the Lord took me through this, he showed me that I really didn't understand prayer and or even how to get my prayers answered. And now I, I, I experienced lots of great miracles, but I also had lots of times where it didn't seem like God was listening. <laughs> and we've all been through that. And so what the Lord's led me to do, this is going to be four days, two hours a day, where I'm going to go through what the Bible says about prayer and about us having a reset in the way we think and believe about prayer so that we can experience the miraculous resets that we've been crying out to God for. So that's what I'm going to be doing on September 7th through to the 10th four days. We're going to have to make sure that all of our listeners have access to that. We'll put links in the description and everything. That sounds amazing. So you just click on the link and then you, I mean, do you have to sign up or how does that work? 
Yes, we, we you know, we've got, uh, I have a, a wonderful guy um, <laughs> named Wally who does all the, does all the technical stuff and runs all the software and, and everything. So, you know, it's webinar software or Zoom and all of those things. So, you know, you have to register for it and all that kind of stuff, but uh, so that you can, you know, links are sent to you and, and uh, you can go, see, you can tell, you can tell, I just, I'm not the guy who takes care of all that, right? <laughs> just by the way, I'll, say, I'll have Wally explain it or, or, or you, Joe, you know a lot about this stuff. Ask me the popcorn. You explain how it works. I was going to say, Rick, I understand exactly how you feel. You've got a Wally, you've got a Wally and I've got a Joe. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm interested in all of these. I've actually, when I was introduced to you, I actually went through the face-to-face challenge. And I, I have to say during the first couple, you know, like I often do, I'm listening and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick it apart. I'm trying to figure out what parts of it I agree with and which parts of it I disagree with. And I found I, there was no part of it that I disagreed with, but I just sort of scratched my head and wondered sincerely, why isn't the church talking about this? And it makes me wonder, why do you feel that this is being revealed to the church now? You know, that you're you're asking me a question there, Joe, that I can only guess at because the Lord hasn't shown me, except for that my part is and, and I, I never focus on on um what what parts of the church they what they're not teaching or what's not right or anything else like that. I just know that he's taught me from his word uh what he once taught. And then, and he wants his children and what he said to me. And I said this earlier, when he released me, he said, he said to me, he said, there's millions of my children crying out to me for help. And he said, they need to understand what I've spent 10 years teaching you. And I'm nobody special. I'm just somebody who is willing to say yes and get taught. And now he's told me that as a brother, to turn around on the path because I'm a little bit ahead of everybody else and encourage my brothers and sisters and say, come on, this is the way. Come on and encourage them and see transformation. And that's what's happening. And all I do as a small T teacher is direct you to him because that is where we leave religion and rules and the old covenant behind. That's where we start actually we say, well, Christianity is different because it's a relationship. Really? What does that look like? Where you actually experience that relationship, where you're actually walking in that, in that relationship, where you're being taught by him and transformed by him, and your life will never be the same. And I say this to everybody coming in to transform you. I say, you go through Kingdom 40. Give me whatever it takes you to go through it. Six months to a year. You give me the time. You go through it. You will not recognize you. And that has been true in the case of people. People go through the first intensive, the first quarter, and they go, never mind the year. I don't recognize me now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, Rick, there's a there's a piece of this I want to touch on just because I think Joe and I in our podcast up to this point, we've made it pretty clear that everything we talk about, we try to really avoid any sort of denominationalism. I think, you know, we we both have had experiences that make us think that a, a lot of what denominations get caught up in can frequently detract from the greater message rather than add to or support so I, I guess just more as a maybe a, a technical question is is anything that you present is it something that one denomination versus another de- denomination um, 
you know, would feel that they have any issue with going through? Or is this something that really rests outside of any particular category in that regard? I know that Jesus loves his bride. And, and I know, Shane, you're not, you're not, I'm not correcting you here. You feel the same way. And uh, it's not my place to say who's wrong or who's right. We all, every part of the church is building in some way and uh, is focused on, has a part from the Lord and is doing, is acting, hopefully, all of them is acting on what they believe in the revelation that they've been given. And I rejoice in that. What I'm doing here is is teaching the word of God and the pastors and the leaders and the evangelists and the people that we have in Transform You already are from all different denominations and different backgrounds. But they're all, what they have in common is they're noble Bereans. They're willing to, like the Bereans did with Paul, study the scriptures and see if what's being taught is there. And that's the common, that's the commonality. We all say that that's the commonality. We all believe that the word of God, the Bible, is God's word, and that's our foundation. So that's where we teach from. And I'm I'm not, I like I said, we have all different denominations and backgrounds and people involved in, in what we're we're teaching. And all I do, I do not correct anybody or call out any denomination. I've been part of many different denominations and churches, and I love them all. What we're doing here, which we all agree on, is getting a foundation in God's word. So would there be some churches that might disagree with some of what I, I, I'm sure, but I think that if they, I think that if they came and saw it in the word of God, they would, they would say we're in. And that's what I'm experiencing. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's fantastic to hear. And I think that's a, I I know for me personally, that's something I I dream of is a, is a time where we can, you know, where we can focus on the importance, uh, the important aspect that for all of us, which is that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and he died for our sins and was resurrected. And so I, I love what you're doing. I really do. And I am excited to participate because what it is that you are teaching little t I, I think it's something that I have desperately been searching for for a long time. So I'm I'm excited to participate. Yeah, same here. Personally. Rick, as reluctant as I was when I received an email in May, <laughs> I have to say that I could not be more grateful for God leading you into our lives, my life, this podcast. It's been it's been so um refreshing and in some way comforting to hear some of the things that you've taught and to, to get some of that. I can't be more grateful for that. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Joe. It's um, like I've said, you and you and Shane are a blast to be with. (laughs) I appreciate your hearts and uh, your relationships with God. And uh, thank you for having me on. It's been an honor. No, sir. It's been ours. We, we greatly appreciate your time and um, we'll look forward to hopefully figuring out a way to get you back on the podcast again in the future. Absolutely. That would be awesome. For you guys, call me anytime. Thank you so much. Well, folks, that's been uh, part three of our conversation with Rick Osborne. Um, From Joe and I, we appreciate you listening. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And as always, God bless.